Hey guys, what's going on? G-Man here. Thank you so much for checking out this spring training edition of the Bullpen Cart presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Greg Piatelli and I preview the AL Central as the fifth of our spring training division previews. We go through all five teams, look at their key acquisitions, look at how each of their rosters will stack up against one another, and just like with every other division, we rank them from bottom to top. We also have some bleacher creatures, some stadium snacks. It was a ton of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you think in the comments. As always, though, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the Bullpen Cart Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But enjoy this week's episode, guys. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think. One more to go. The NL East coming to you later this week. Here we And we are live! Welcome to this spring training episode of the Bullpen Card Podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, and joining me today is my man, the prophet himself, Greg Piatelli. How are you, my friend? Doing well. We are in the we're in the thick of it now for March Madness. Um, unfortunately, my alma mater has already been eliminated. Yes. Um, and unfortunately, like an idiot, I picked four ACC teams to make the final four, which has never Ooh. happened. <laughs> yeah. Which has never happened in the history of anything ever. So uh, good for yeah, me. I picked, I picked a, an SEC matchup in the semis uh, in the final four, and I felt really uncomfortable about that. And I almost didn't get it. I had a, a Auburn who... Did end up winning their game, but I was convinced they were going to lose. How badly they were trying to fucking lose that thing yesterday. But yeah, I um yeah I had a lot of ACC and Big Ten teams winning, which so far has paid off well because I believe up until the night games, the the there was only two non power five opponents that had or non power five conference teams that had won games. One of which is Gonzaga, so that doesn't really even count. And one of them um, was John Morant, who everyone picked to win anyway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, not everybody. Not everybody. Matty D is a big Marquette guy, and he looked at me and third and girl like we had five heads when we said we had Murray State beating Marquette. Wow. Yeah, so uh, sucks to be that guy, right? <laughs> As he's skiing in Big Sky, Montana right now. I was going to say, he's uh, got, he's got but, a lot going for him. Yeah, r- rough life he lives. Uh, but, <laughs> but we are here to talk some AL East baseball. We did NL Central baseball last night. So quick turnaround for me in recording podcasts with Jared S. Barnes. If you've not listened to that, go check it out. But Greg, NL, or AL Central coming into this year, you know, we have, it might be a lot of the same. There might be. Some shakeup. What are your thoughts coming into this season? A lot of prospects in this division. A lot of yes. a lot of top talented guys. Um, and I feel like, as you mentioned, a lot of the same stories, just different year, right? So it's it's without getting too much into it. Um, you know, the Twins are always one of those teams that just hangs around, kind of like the the Flyers in in hockey, um, and then the <laughs> and then the uh you know the white the indians i should say rather have been on a little tear as of late um in terms of doing well within the overall scheme of baseball um mm-hmm. so yeah well, it's it'll be interesting but at the same time they have one of the most exciting prospects in the al central um which we will get into i'm sure in our first team but they have oh, one yeah. of the most exciting young new prospects who uh Apparently puts up better numbers than Vlad Jr. and and uh, Acuna and all those guys. So, yeah, you want to jump right into it? Jump right into the White Sox. Hey, it's up to you. Hey, well, let's do that. As if you have not listened to any of our spring training pods, what we do is go through every team alphabetical order by city, and at the end we pick them and how they're going to stack up. So, yeah, we're going to start with the Chicago White Sox, and you know, Greg. The White Sox made a lot of noise in terms of additions on paper. Uh, they acquired Yonder Alonso from the Indians, Alex Colomb from the Mariners, 
Kelvin Herrera, starting pitcher. You might remember him from back in the day of division rival, Kansas City fame, John Jay, and James McCann, Ivan Nova, they received in a trade with the Pirates. Uh, what are your thoughts on this team coming in to 2019? Because they were really they they were really trying to go all in on either Machado or Harper. Really more Machado, I think, but you know, obviously didn't end up winning either of those sweepstakes. So what do you think the White Sox could do and, and where do you think they can go at this point? Yeah, I mean, I think they're still uh I think they're still sort of rebuilding from when, uh, no, not democracy, but I think they're sort of rebuilding still from when they, that world series, I feel like they, they won that world series. They went all in and then they've just sort of from 14 years ago, I'm saying they just sort of been trying to regain some dominance ever since. Right. Um, I mean, they have all this money to spend. They don't spend it. Right, they try to, but no one wants to go there. Apparently, um, like you mentioned, John Jay, Yuan Mankata, former Red Sox top prospect, mm-hmm. Wellington Castillo. I mean, they they have some solid players. It's just still got Jose Abreu. Yeah, I mean, I mean they're 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 one of those teams that. Everyone always overlooks. Everyone always, rightfully so, just brushes them aside. Um, I mean, their starting pitchers are not really that great, and same with their bullpen. So yeah, it, it, they're they're not going to do much, in my opinion, just based on their pitching staff. Um, yeah, but they're Did I say Herrera was a starter. I meant to say he was a closer. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. But but the point is that like there's you know realistically they're not that great but they're still going to well my opinion they're still going to finish um not last so (laughs) um it's crazy because again i just feel like they're one of those teams that's just there and and they can't attract top talent for whatever reason they had those good years with aj prasinski and and who is their crazy manager there for a while I'm really bummed he never fought anybody as a manager. Who's that? AJ Brzezinski. Remember when he fought Michael Barrett in the Chicago catcher fight? Wait, AJ Brzezinski's a manager now? Or were you just saying catcher? You said no, he was their manager for a bit. No, I said who is their manager? Oh, Ozzy Guillen. Ozzy Guillen, yeah. Yeah. Like, they had they had some good formative years when those two were there. Um and those you know, those two were sort of they feel like they were going for something at that point, but since then, they just have just been hanging around. One of those teams that they, I mean, their farm system is all right. Um, like we mentioned, they do have Eloy Eloy Jimenez, who uh, Dominican Republic, who will probably be leading their team in almost all offensive categories this year, kind of like uh, the Braves' young studs from last year. Yeah, um, different pod, different time, but uh, you know they. They just, I don't know. They, they're just one of those teams that just is. And I feel like the AL Central has a lot of those. Yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. And I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. You know, they haven't made the playoffs in a while. Um, yeah, a lot of prospects. And I mean, they still, as you mentioned, Mikata is still there. They have, they could make some noise in terms of you know that, that really that top half of the lineup, I think, could, could make some noise. But the bottom half, you're really starting to you know, scrape some of the, the bottom of the barrel, not to, to really try to get punny. But yeah, the, the pitching staff, I think, is going to be really all over the place. Their starting rotation is, if it's not Reynaldo Lopez, it's kind of just guys that are that are there who have been around the league and, you know, like, like you said, they're just there. They're, and then their bullpen outside of Herrera, if you're not getting him the ball or, or you know, we really have Cologne to – be maybe a setup guy. And that's, that's really about it. You know, Nate Jones is still hanging around there. He's also, he's also been a setup guy. So maybe now he's your seventh inning guy, but you know, you can't really go the seven, eight, nine, one, two, three bullpen punch it. If you don't have a lead. And I just think it's going to be tough for this team to really run at a clip that they need to put up the runs that their starting staff is, is probably going to be letting up. Sad to say, um, you know, you have Alonzo, you have a Breu who can really get some power for you. Same with Mankata. Um, 
but I'm not really sure what the rest of that that lineup's going to be bringing to the table. Yeah, and this this defense is weak enough, or this division, sorry, is, is weak enough that there's a legit chance or shot that they make some noise. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I think um, I think it's this is sort of what everybody kind of thought Atlanta was going to be last year, but they're a lot. They're on paper what it, everybody thought Atlanta was going to be, if that makes sense. Because Atlanta on paper last year did what they, you know, they obviously won the division, but they on paper coming into the season, they looked like they were a lot better than everybody thought they were going to be because everybody was quick to crown the, the, the nationals and rightfully so that that team on paper looked like they should have been a lot better than they were. Um, But they, you know, this team I think is going to perform in that same level of they're super young. They have the kind of this weird pitching staff. Um, Yeah. And I I don't know. I mean, they, they easily could be a third place team in this division. And I know that's not saying a ton, but, you know, we'll we'll see where they come, where where everything shakes out, especially if they get out get out to a hot start. Yeah, no, I like it, I like it. Um, so just so taking a look, they're set at over under of seventy four and a half wins. They won sixty two last year, Greg. Um, I think they improve upon the sixty two number, but I think seventy four is a little high of a line. I, I like them around seventy for cl- for a uh, winning clip. Yeah, I was gonna say sixty eight. Yeah. I feel like because um, last year it was Cleveland with 91, Minnesota with 78, and then Detroit 64, Chicago 62, Kansas City 58. So yeah, I, I, right. I, I, I can see Cleveland beating up on all these teams again. I can see Minnesota making the playoffs because they beat up on the bottom half teams again. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go stick with that 68 number just because it's higher than last year just because they do have uh, – they did improve a little bit, but um, like you mentioned, that starting pitching is just all over the place, and um, you know you, you can't win if if well you can, but it's hard to win if you're giving up eight runs a game. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's not good, not good. But let's move on to those Cleveland Indians, a team who, as you've mentioned, has been on a run where they've been able to beat up on their division. And really get on, really get after it in terms of uh, you know, their opponents and and take advantage of it. Not to you know say that it, that that's the only reason why they've made the playoffs. I'm not going to give the the patriot hater answer. You know the, the people that like to say that don't give your boys the credit that's due in football. Just like them though, they they sport a pretty awesome line, a pretty awesome lineup day in day out. A pitching staff that is among one of the best in baseball. Greg, what are your thoughts on the Indians coming into the 2019 season? So they lost some pitching depth. True. Uh, they lost a key arm in the bullpen. Yep. Danny Salazar, who their starting pitcher, one of their starting pitchers is starting the year in the DL. Mm-hmm. Francisco Lindor starting the year in the DL. But where they lost in pitching, Jordy, they gained with one of the most underrated players of all time, my boy, You're number, number 13, Hanley Ramirez. Yeah, I mean... Uh... This is a guy that you and I talked about <laughs> last year. He should have been picked up by any team making a run for the playoffs, any team making a run for, for um, yeah, the playoffs. Easy free agent signing. No one picked him up. Sat out the second, basically the basically three quarters of the year last year because the Red Sox were like, "Oh, you're gonna hit your bonus if we keep playing you. We'll just dump you now because you're gonna be a distraction." Went through waivers. No one claimed him. Sat in Miami for for the rest of the year. Got signed in February, right before spring training, and uh, you know he's he's reunited with Terry Francona, but uh, I think Hamlin's gonna have a huge monster year. So do you think he's going to be the full-time starter for them? Because I also have Jake Bowers on their depth chart in terms of first base, first baseman. No, I think he's going to be there. Uh, I think Carlos Santana is going to be their first baseman. Yeah, I think. and Santana's there as well. Uh, I think Hanley's going to be their DH. Okay. I think Santana. A, what? Uh, I was, was going to say that's not a bad way to, to shake it out. Yeah, because he's replacing um, – who, who's their DH from last year that left? Uh, well, they there was what's his face, Yonder Alonso, who left. There was also Edwin. 
Edwin and uh, I think Edwin was more their DH, though. That's what I'm saying. So Edwin, so Edwin left, which means Hanley Ramirez fills that role. Yeah. It's not a bad bad spot to, to fill. Yeah, especially because Edwin really uh, underperformed. So, Well, that, that that's always what Edwin does. Edwin was a, a guy who had kind of a shit first half, and then he'd always come on in the second half. And I know he, did, he didn't have the greatest year last year, but um, that was always sort of what he did. But still sticking to what they have now. I mean, they, they, you know, they still got, they still have Jose Ramirez. They still have Jason Kipnis. Um, and you know, the outfield is still solid. I think they're going to be, I think they might still run it at a pretty awesome clip. I mean, they one of the best offenses in baseball last year, second in batting average, third in overall runs. I think only behind the Red Sox and the Yankees in terms of overall runs scored. And then their pitching staff, Greg, um, Obviously, health is going to be one of the biggest questions there to guys like Carlos Carrasco and Trevor Bauer, but you still have Corey Kluber. You still have Mike Clevinger. Uh, you mentioned it. Danny Salazar starting the year on the on the DL, IL, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, looks like they have Shane Bieber taking his place in the rotation to start there. And then looking at their relievers, you mentioned that Cody Allen left to go seek Western Pastures. I don't know necessarily if they're greener or not, but... You still got Brad Hand as your closer, uh, a guy who just a consummate professional on the back end of your bullpen. And you know, in the middle relief, I think, you know, it could, it might be another year that Cleveland goes out and gets a, an eighth or, or seventh inning guy. But I think kind of the reverse of the White Sox with the starting pitching that you have and the offense that you have, I think you might be seeing more. You just need to hold your breath for the eighth inning with one of the dudes that gets trotted out and then just give the ball to Brad Hand and there we go. We're going home happy with a win. Yeah, and and you're talking about um, Jose Ramirez, who was, based on the numbers, one of the better, if not the best, third baseman offensively in the American League. Yeah. Um. I mean, you could argue Arenado and him, but for overall, but um, their offense sneakily is can can put up some huge numbers, and to match the likes of Kluber, Bauer, Carrasco, Clevenger, and uh, Salazar or Bieber, who's ever going to be in the last spot. Yeah. I mean, their biggest problem is they have all righty starting pitchers. Normally, teams like to have at least one or two lefties. Um, but the coolest part, I think, is Brad Hand, the guy you mentioned, is a left-handed closer. How many times do you see a left-handed closer? Yeah, I mean, I, feel I like can think of Billy Wagner. That's, that's what I'm saying. I feel like it's rare. Yeah, it's pretty rare. You know, and it's nice. It's nice to have. It's a good addition. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but the thing that, that interests me and that's cool, uh, somewhat cool about this team is that of their starting nine, position players four of them are homegrown uh, five of them i should say if you include uh francisco lindor so five of them are homegrown five out of nine which is rare i mean very rarely do you see that in today's major league baseball so that's pretty nice i mean that's one thing cleveland's done a really good job of of not having to unleash prospects to go out and get a lot of these guys. I know you can, you know, I know they had to probably dish some dudes out to, or not probably they did. They dish some guys out to get Brad hand, but you know, I think in the position that they're in, um, you know, it's working and they're in the midst of this, you know, Renaissance of the run they've been on. Uh, and I think, you know, once again, I think we could see Cleveland being one of those teams at the top of the list when it comes to near the end of the year. Um, you know, maybe maybe they fall back into the three seed just because they have to because the other two top seeds in the the American League are the Red Sox and the Astros. But you know, I still think that that's not a bad spot to be in when it when all is said and done. I mean, fighting for that that coveted number two spot is going to be you know a battle for them. I know they only won you know they had a bit of you know only in a bit of a down year are are think are weird things to say when you won ninety one win ninety one games last year, but when the Red Sox and the Astros are winning a hundred. You know, there's only so much you can do. Hundred, um, yeah. Well, a hundred was just they both hit triple digits. That's what I was trying to get at. <laughs> <laughs> I do well, think though, one thing that might harm all the AL Central teams, but the Indians more more specifically, is is the fact that they have to play the the NL East. They have to play a Phillies team. They have to play a Braves. They have to play the Nationals. 
Um, the Mets, if the Mets, if the Mets starters are really pumping out and, and healthy. Um, so, I mean, that could be, that could be a, a problem that the, the Indians come into is that their 19 games against the national league aren't as easy as, you know, what the Red Sox and the Astros have to do. So that might be the ultimate difference maker, but I still like what the Indians are bringing. And I think, uh, not to jump too far ahead to our predictions, but I don't think it's too bold to say, uh, we're going to see some more playoff baseball in Cleveland. So the thing that, that gets me about this team is for Cleveland is, you know, you look at the Astros one through nine hitters and they're starting pitching in their bullpen. There's no real weak spots. Yeah. The reason why the Red Sox won last year, they're starting pitching. Their one through nine hitters were unreal. They did have a little bit of a weakness in the bullpen, but guess what? In the playoffs, the bullpen showed out, and that's why they won um, the World Series because their bullpen came to play and stepped up. So, and, and the defense was unreal. I mean, yeah, there's a couple games. I think if you if JBJ isn't making unreal glove glove plays, it could have, uh, yes. especially in that Astros series, I think it could have been a lot longer. Agreed. And finally, he won a Gold Glove. But um, no, and the, and so my point is that this team one through nine may have some holes. Maybe, maybe they go out and get a catcher that fills a hole um, yep. offensively for them. Or, you know, even like you mentioned, their outfield might be a couple of no names, but they, they're good enough where uh, they'll be, they'll, they'll make some noise. So maybe they go out and get an outfielder, but the, the, the key is that lineup. There's not really an easy out. Um, there might be one or two, but one when Lindor's in there, there's not really an easy out until you get to eight or nine. So mm-hmm. um, that recipe as well, along with great starting pitching and, and good enough bullpen, that recipe will propel them very in, into the playoffs and probably, uh, I mean, well, depending upon who they play, like you said, they either get the Astros or the Red Sox in, in the first round um, or even the Yankees if somehow the Yankees figure out how to beat the Red Sox, which is unlikely. Um, but they get one of those three teams in the first round, which will put them in a tough first round matchup. Yeah. And I, I, that's just sort of the, the American league that we're at now of really the haves and have nots of how the two division or how the, the two sides of the league are split up. But, you know, I mean, it makes for a great playoff series. It makes me want to, you know, I understand the American league division series is a five game series. It, it makes me want to wish that it was a seven game series because, you know, if we do get Yankees Red Sox in the first round again, and that's only a five game series, it's a bit of a bummer. Same thing with a with an Astros Indians series. I know last year it didn't go the didn't go the Indians way that it that totally wanted to because that Astros team was just pumping in that first round. Um, second, you know, ALCS not notwithstanding, but mm. <laughs> you know, I think if we can see this team, you know, get a like you said, if they get an outfielder, they start to make some noise. Um, you know, we, we could see this team really, you know, pumping on all cylinders toward the, down the stretch. Yeah, the thing that the sorry to cut you off, the thing that scares me is is this team more so than last year's team, if they get an injury, which major league baseball everyone's prone to get injuries, if they get an injury, there's not a lot of depth. Yeah, and that's a good point. It's it, that is something to be scared about because there's, yeah, there's no real backup for them. Yeah, and and you saw it with it. They still won eighty eight, or they won ninety one. Excuse me, uh, wins last year because partially because their starting pitching staff was a little banged up. I think that's why they, you know, won so many more games in two thousand seventeen. Was obviously they went on that streak, but the starting pitching there certainly was humming on on you know all sorts of higher levels. And I think with having guys banged up, you know, you had Bauer hurt, you had Carrasco hurt, and I think I think Bauer ended up coming back for the for the playoffs, but he missed a, a good chunk of time from basically the start of August through the end of the regular season. And you know, I mean, if that if if you're right though, if it goes on the other side and the the you know position players get hurt, then you might be seeing some real holes show up and we'll see what happens with Lindor's missing the start of the season. I was going to say Hanley um, might, Hanley might have to relive some of his uh, youth when he played in the infield. Yeah, some short stuff for him. <laughs> um, hey, man. gold glove at short, right? Or MVP at short. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point, but I don't know if he's still got that, uh, that side to side pop. Different lifetime ago, but um, yeah. yeah, no, I, and, and I mean, we'll get to it, but it's hard to see it, see anyone else in the central uh, surpassing the Indians, but yeah. Let's move on, Jordy. Detroit 
Tigers. Yes, the um, Tigers. Take me in on them. What did they do this offseason uh, to improve on their 64-win season from a, from a, a year ago? Um, absolutely nothing. No. <laughs> yeah. Not so, too much going on in it's good funny old because It's funny because Miguel Cabrera basically said, I don't feel guilty at all for taking a huge contract. Like, this is what I deserve, you know? And, and yeah. He's, they didn't sounds- get Jordy Mercer from the Pirates. So that's, a, that's an yeah, addition. And uh, Josh Harrison from the Pirates yep. as well. Yeah. So, I mean, that's uh, something. And then Nick Castellanos had a, was a really good last year. One of the top, or not top, but he was in the top, you know, I would say top actually outfielders um, in the major leagues. But So we, we were convinced he was going to get traded last year. Are we now like betting the farm that he's going to be traded at some point this year? <sighs> I, I mean... You have to consider, but it sounds like they're asking too much for him. Because yeah. I'm sure, because I'm sure Cabrera's on the block too. But I mean, the Tigers—they just want us. They want to sell tickets, and if they still have Cabrera, people will show up. So, um, people love Miggy Man. Yeah, right. How old, I'm trying to I think, look up how I think, old Cap. I think they honest. want. Oh, I, shit, he's younger. He's well, obviously he's younger than us. He's only 27. Um, yeah, I mean, you, maybe they are asking way too much for him. I don't know. Maybe, uh, they, you know, it's they, kind of a bum to see him, a bummer to see him stuck in Detroit with that because he could make he could make an impact with the Indians. I don't think they'd go in division for a trade of this guy, but I um, mean Detroit. Detroit is still trying to pick up the pieces from when Zambrano uh, was there. No, not Zambrano. Who Dombrowski was there? Dombrowski was there. Dombrowski yeah. was the GM because he went for broke, sold their entire farm to win, and they didn't win. So they. They're just starting to rebuild their farm system. And realistically, they're three, four years away from putting together a contender, uh, especially with how young the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Astros, and all them are. Um, but, you know, it's – again, I, I haven't been in this situation, and maybe you can speak on it, but how do you get excited for a team that didn't do anything in the offseason? Their best player – or maybe not best, but their biggest name, Miguel Cabrera, is uber old, 35, almost almost 36. But other than that, everyone else in this, this lineup is, like you said, below 27. So um, starting pitching, Shane Green, Jimenez. No, that's the bullpen, sorry. Boyd, Jordan Zimmerman, Tyler Ross, Matt Moore. Uh, all, I don't know, guys that are good, not great. Yeah, I mean, more more could make some noise, maybe taking more of a leadership role in their their starting staff. But yeah, I mean, who who really knows of really how they're gonna how what they're gonna be putting out and and kind of to answer your question, I mean, you know, having seen the Phillies four years ago when it was really the you know the depths of uh you know them really at the bottom of the barrel. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where as a fan, you just kind of, you have to know, you know, greener pastures are a few years down the road, you know, just enjoy the time try to enjoy the time where you can pay $5 for a ticket and, and go in and, you know, get in one on a Saturday afternoon, you know, tailgate action, a little hot dog and a beer and a, on a nice summer day. And, and enjoy the, you know, the the end of the Miguel Cabrera era is the best you can, I guess is really the the best way I can put it. I'm, you know, I'm not I want to I'm going to try to look up of of prospects that they have down the road cuz they have to at this point. The last couple of years they haven't made the playoffs. They've been towards the bottom of the league um in terms of guys that they they've, you know, picked up term, in terms of drafting and, you know, different, you know, prospect signing whether it's international dollars or what have you. I mean, there's definitely I mean, they're definitely closer to the bottom of the the sign curve that is you know going from the bottom back to the top and of, of a rebuild i can't really think there's much further down they can go than this yeah i agree um and that's the sad reality but you know that's always darkest before the storm right always darkest before things get better so um and who knows too? I mean, different guys that you're going to name that can be named as, you know, your number one overall prospect. I mean, saying this from experience with the Phillies, 
of where they were and where they thought JP Crawford was going to end up. And obviously he's with Seattle now. Um, and you know, guys like Reese Hoskins were, were greatly you know talked about, but everybody thought it was going to be, you know, Crawford was the next savior. Michael Franco was going to be the next savior. Um, so who knows now? I mean, they're number 11 on the bleacher reports, uh, farm system rankings. They have a couple 21 year olds, a couple pitchers that are in, that are, in the top 50, Casey Mize is actually in the top 25 of prospects, according to the Bleacher Report. They have this guy, Matt Manning, who's 21. They have a 19-year-old shortstop, Isaac Paredes, um, who is a tier two, which I assume that means he's out of the top 50. Um, so not terrible. I mean, who knows, though? He could be – this could be a guy that that turns – you know, that ends up being a franchise player because you just don't really know at this point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're – you know they're on the better half of the of the farm system rankings, so I think you're starting to see, you know, them climb their way out of that, um, you know, out of the the process of rebuilding, if you will. Yeah, we yeah, and that's sort of what I was getting at. Um, but you said it much better than I ever could. So um, you know, the future like is you, said, you don't have the experience. This guy does. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's 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 a blessing and a curse having a team that can spend uber amounts of money and and are in it every year. But yeah. um, they, you know, the the, but somehow they did it with having top prospects. The Red Sox did back in the day, and now Dombrowski comes in and gets rid of all their top prospects. So, um, but no, I, I uh, you know, the the in a couple of years maybe, and maybe Miguel will. I don't know, retire, but in a couple of years, like you said, they'll they'll be better and sort of maybe they'll pull a Kansas City or something like that. But for now, uh, I think it's another year at the bottom. And uh, speaking of Kansas City, Jordy. Well, quickly, before we jump on the Royals, Detroit 68 and a half over under. Uh, I'm going to go under with them. I think uh, it's another like 65 win year for them. Yeah, um, I would say I'm gonna. Oh, I have them finishing last, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have them going because I had Chicago sixty-eight. So I'm gonna have Detroit. I'm gonna have them go sixty. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. But let's move on to the Kansas City Royals. Fifty-eight wins last year. Really, um, you know, taking them the what the the premise of Moneyball was it's a team that could, could find success with homegrown guys. And then when they hit free agency, they, they hit the market. So, you know, three years removed from a world series title, they are, you know, a 58 win team, not dead last because of how bad the Orioles were last year. But Greg, what are we thinking for 2019 in Kansas city? Uh, I mean, progress, I guess better than last year. Um, unfortunately they just lost, uh, their best player for the year. Um, what did he get? Torn ACL or was it Tommy John, Salvador Perez? Uh, Tommy John. Torn ACL, right? No, Tommy John surgery. Sorry. Tommy John. Yeah. Tommy John surgery. I mean, arguably definitely their best player. Um, but the, the difference with the Royals and, and, and the Tigers is that, the Royals have their future is sort of up. Yes, right up in the major leagues now with Whit, Whit Merrifield, uh, Albert, Alberto Mondesi. Mondesi, I'm so good with names. Mondesi, yeah. Mondesi, Alberto. <laughs> um, yeah, and great but, name there. Yeah, Jake Eunice, Brad Keller um, could be good starting rotation guys for them. Um, and then a guy, Ryan O'Hearn, who, who last year came up at the end of the year, sort of the September call-ups did well. So um, they do have some some promising young names. And could this be, like you said, another another one of their runs that they had and, and the back-to-back World Series appearances and blah, blah, blah. Um, is this team as good as that? No, but you know, just as the Indians had five homegrown guys, the Kansas City Royals have five homegrown guys in their starting uh, starting guys for position players, and and even with their bench, they have they have a bunch of homegrown guys. So, 
The only thing that I'm a little confused and concerned about, are they running a opener as well? Um, or are they just because I, I, yeah, I've been they hearing still, rumblings that they are. They might. I mean, the back end of their of their rotation is nothing huge to talk about. But they still got Danny Duffy. They still have Ian Kennedy. Um, you know, so they they have guys there that can really make make that sort of difference. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if you saw them pull out some of those moves. Uh, Brad Keller, it looks like, did some of that last year where he was a starter, but also made a number of bullpen appearances. Um, they did. It looks like they did that a little bit with Jason Hamill, moving him in and out of the bullpen. Um, I would not be surprised to see them try to try to pull some of these moves, considering some of the guys they do have in the bullpen that have been, you know, longer relievers uh, over the course of their various careers. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think they are in a position where I don't think it's going to be as bad as we've seen. They still have Jorge Salar. They have Alex Gordon in the outfield. Billy Hamilton's a pickup they had who maybe he can find a renaissance of his career where he can have a better. And you have to think he it he has to go up from here for him of, of getting back on base. But, I mean, they, they, they could be this quick lineup that plays great defensive baseball that does small ball, and that's you know the recipe for success they found in 2014 and 15 when they had the two World Series appearances. So, you know, we could maybe see him make a little bit of noise here. I think it, there's you know something to be excited about if you are a Royals fan coming into this season. Yeah, they just picked up Maldonado uh, to replace um, Salvador Perez and as for catcher, and he's not bad. Then Billy Hamilton joining uh, the outfit as well. But you're right. I, I think they have enough pieces where they'll do better than than Detroit, um, and they do have. Their future is brighter uh, sooner, um, but still in that rebuild. Let's see what our prospects have. Um, I almost want to say a Tampa Bay Rays style built team this year for them. Maybe not because they don't have an Alex. They don't have the Cobb um, as a pitcher. But I mean, Brad Kelly's twenty three years old, right? Jacob Kuhn, yeah. starting pitchers. Jacob Junis twenty six years old. George Lopez twenty six years old. Homer Bailey's older, but you mentioned Ian Kennedy, older, but uh, and then Danny Duffy, who's starting the year on the IL, but he'll be back, is uh, 30 years old. But they have youth everywhere, and that's always fun to root for. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, I definitely think this is going to be a fun Royals team to, to keep an eye out on. A lot of different fantasy names if you're, uh, you know, if you play fantasy baseball. Obviously, Whit Merrifield was a darling last year. Had him on, uh, I think, both of my teams. Not a big deal. <laughs> um, and or definitely had him on, at least on the one that I won my league on. Actually a big deal. But, yeah, I think O'Hearn could be a, a good name for you if you're looking for a cheap first baseman. Uh, Modesi, we're still screwing up his name, I think could be a good shortstop. A lot of cheaper <laughs> prospects there. Um, yeah, so I think this Royals team, a lot of things to be excited about. And that's a ballpark, Greg. We were talking a lot last night on the NL Central of places I need to go to. That's one I think I, I definitely need to check out is uh, Kansas City's park out there. Yeah, why is that? Uh, it just looks awesome. I mean, they had the All-Star game a couple of years back, and it looked cool. It looked cool during the World Series. Um, and I think those ro the Royal fans, they're very loyal. They're very loyal. I think it's just a good atmosphere to be at. When was the last time the All-Star game was in Philadelphia? 19. 1996 at the yeah. vet. They haven't. It has not been at Citizens Bank Park, and the ballpark is four is 15 years old now. Yeah, they haven't been to Fenway since 99. Yeah. What What is the MLB doing? I don't know. I mean, the, it hasn't both or isn't New Yankee Stadium getting it soon? Yeah, and so is, and they um, and they had and old Yankee Stadium had it in 08. So Little was, uh, so is Shitty Field. City Field's getting it to or no, City Field already got it. Right. That's uh, what I meant. Yeah. Uh, well, they didn't do like my point being is they did. The Yankees are getting it twice within like 15 years. The Mets, at least, like I don't know when when Shea had last had it. Um, right. But yeah, they keep going going to all these different ballparks. A lot of newer ones. It, it's a little for someone who you know I've been to Citizens Bank Park a number of times. It was the way of the future in terms of the new the new uh, ballpark style of going to the the retro open look. 
Uh, it's a bummer it hasn't come to, to Philly. I mean, the last All-Star game we even hosted was the NBA All-Star game in 2002. Um, yeah, and it's a bummer because the home run derby would be like, everyone would hit 100 oh, runs because it's a little league Oh, it would be awesome. Yeah, it would be awesome. Exactly. I, well, I mean, Nationals Park is a lot like Citizens Bank. It's a lefty park. Wind blows out that way. Yeah, it's a little league uh, park. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's Greg... The Red Sox did very well at Citizens Bank Park last year. You don't need to shit on my on my ballpark. I'm not shitting uh, on your ballpark. I'm just saying it's just like Skanky Stadium. Where no wonder why the Yankees won. Stadium. No wonder why the Yankees hater. <laughs> well, no wonder why they hit so many home runs. It's like a little kid park, you know. What? Just because we don't have a giant fence in our in our left field that you know that's a that's a real man's home run fence. It's it's like 350 to right field in Yankee Stadium. Like that's that's a joke. Or 320, whatever it is. 350 is a, a, a hike for a right field fence. Sorry, it's it's a it's a joke how how short that that fence is in Yankee that, Stadium. Yeah, I mean uh, you know, left field I I admit it's a lefty's park and Bryce Harper's going to have himself a nice little 2019 at that fence. Um, oh yeah, I mean, and that's a different pod for a different time, but different pod for a different time. Kansas City, yeah. yeah, they got that cool. Oh, look at this! I type in right field fence Yankee Stadium onto Google. The first thing that pops up: Yankee Stadium, biggest joke in baseball. So written by Jared Carabas, New York Post, baby. New York Post. Oh man, it must be a a bitter Mets fan. Uh, but yeah, Greg. To wrap up the Royals. They're set at 69 and a half sorry, wins. Right and field, over under. Right field, sorry. Right field is 314 feet in Yankee yeah, Stadium. That's short. so dumb. I think anyway, it's sorry. 30 to, to the Phillies left field, just for reference. Um, so, 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 so it's not a Little League park in Philadelphia. It's more of like a Babe Ruth park. All right. That, that's fair. I mean, I'm not, Greg, I'm not admitting that. I'm not denying that it's for left handed hitters, especially, that it's, uh, it's not fun to watch. I'd love to see Yohannes Cespedes hit another ball into the second deck in left field, which is very hard to do. You rarely see that at CBP. Um, oh yeah. I my mean, real question, though, if they had a if they had a home run derby there, how often would they bring the bell? Would they only do it at the end of the of everybody's round? Would they only do it for Reese Hoskins and now Bryce Harper? Hey, That's the real questions. That that well, different pod, different time, but that different pod, different time. That Phillies lineup. I mean. Their home run balls. Yeah, I mean, you can't get too reliant on it. They got Gene Segura for a reason. I was gonna say, for a reason. The reason there's a reason why the Yankees didn't win. Yeah, exactly. You know, Ramuto, let's get some doubles. You know, we're we're gonna do just fine. Oh, double Herrera with the El Torito. Uh, but sixty nine and a half wins for the Royals. What do you got? Over under sixty nine and a half. Sixty nine and a half. I'm gonna say under because I had I had uh, the White Sox at 68, so I'm gonna ha- I have yeah I gotta stick with uh, where I have people in order. Yeah, I, I have them under as well. Uh, I think I think it could be exciting. I think the pitching staff has a lot of question marks that, but that lineup can uh, can bring some noise, bring in the funk. I love it. Yeah. So uh, let's move on. G or die. G reg. We got the last team in the division, the last team in the division, the team that floats on the bubble and lives on the bubble. A little March madness talk, but even though last the year had a little bit of a, of a shaky ending to their year, but this is the Minnesota twins team who, you know, they want to recreate 2017. They made some noise in the out in the off season. Greg, what are the feelings coming in for the Minnesota twins? Uh, I mean, well, start with the big noises. So they got Shope in free mm-hmm. agency. They got Marwin Gonzalez. They got Nelson Cruz. You know, I mean, I think they, and then a few different pitchers, but I think they really bolstered up their lineup to, you know, add in with a number of guys who had themselves some nice years in 2018. Um, added some power to a lineup that, you know, um, they traded away Dozer last year, um, or was it two years ago? But got rid of him. There was their main, their main source of power, and you know now we see, a, now we see a lot of nice additions to sprinkle around of guys like Max Kepler, Byron Buxton, um, Eddie Rosario, Miguel Sano. So I think the Twins could really could 
really make a, a improvement on being right in the middle of the road when it comes to both um, at bats and, you know, run score. And it was last year that they traded Dozier away. Um, so, you know, who, you know, we'll see what they do in terms of 2019 and where, where they come in. I think it, it could be something to, you know, to, to watch for. Cause I think, yeah, I mean, they have, they have the young talent, like you said, yeah. they have, they have the old veteran leadership and if they can get their young guys, especially in the starting rotation and at the bottom half of their lineup um, in the Byron backs and center field bucks and sorry, center field and, um, Max Kepler, guys like that. I mean, Ed Rosario is obviously an established guy, but if they can get, and then their bullpen guys, Barrio, or their starting pitchers, Barrios, 24 years old, you know, set to be the number, projected the opening day starter. Like, if they can get their young guys to come out and produce, uh, as well as there's rumors out there that they're still in the sweepstakes for Keuchel, that would be huge if they got him. Uh, yeah, this this could be that 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 odd year, you know the how the how the San Francisco Giants used to do. Uh, you know they used to do every even year they'd win. This could be the Minnesota Twins could be now every odd year they make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean you hit the you you were talking about though Jose Barrios. They got Jayco to Rizzi to add a little bit there on the and their their starting rotation. Kyle Gibson still there hanging on. Uh, Michael Pineda, who uh, I think found a bit of a renaissance with them, and you know if they if they were in the in the sweepstakes and got Dallas Keuchel, I think that really adds a lot to it. That makes their their staff, you know, something to something to really you know not be jealous of. I think it would be tough to match either the Astros or the or the Indians there, but it's something to be at least you know worried about when you're. You know, you see them coming up on the schedule. You don't have to look specifically at who the starting the starter is. You know, it's something where now you have to kind of worry, regardless, top to bottom. Yeah, and they really went out and and got made moves in the offseason that complemented their young guys without giving them up, and you know, made moves that allowed the young guys to still thrive. Um, you know, Nelson Cruz is a DH guy, so he's not going to affect anyone. He's just going to give guys advice. Um, you know, CJ Cron is sort of that guy they picked up from Tampa. He's good, but, you know, he could very easily lend, you know, give up his spot to a Tyler Austin type or, or someone like that who they picked up from the Mets. And Jonathan Scope, obviously, you know, he's still young and, and it's going to be a great or a good second baseman for them. Um, and then obviously they have Eddie Rosario, who is stolen base machine, right? Yes, yes, yeah. I mean that's the thing that this team did. I mean they offensively, you know, you have guys like I'm trying to pull them up here on offense. I had their I was about to say Jose Perez hit a number of home runs, but that is their their guys. But a Rosario. He's a homer machine, 24 and seven in 77 in terms of homers and RBI. Um, only eight stolen bases. So, I mean, that's somewhere where they probably could improve. That was the team lead last year uh, with Jorge Polanco coming in second there. But, yeah, I mean, they add a guy like like Cruz who probably can take a lot of the the the, uh, the load in terms of being the power guy and, and give Rosario still 20 homers, but I think his RBI numbers are going to go up now with a little more protection, maybe see him get a few more walks too. Um, would love to see their team batting average go up. I mentioned they were the middle of the road of it. Rosario was your leader of the team at 288, uh, tied Polanco, but Polanco only played about half the season for him. Um, so yeah, I mean, there, you know, the small ball, you'd like to see a little more out of them, kind of to your point in terms of stolen bases. I think Rosario could really find a stride again, not having to be the power guy and re- relying solely on that. So it'll be really interesting to see how this lineup comes out in 2019. Are they going to go for, you know, for broke in terms of power, traditional AL style of going, you know, power alleys, go for homers and not a ton of stolen bases. Um, or do they do they incorporate the stolen base machine a little more and 
and how they how they decide to to go that way. You know, this isn't a team that takes a ton of walks, so getting on base is going to be something that they're going to need to do if they want to match the clip. The Indians are going to be uh, trying to set for them. Agreed, agreed, and and I guess the big question is, Jordy, they have that funky ballpark that's definitely a pitcher's ballpark. Yeah, it's hard uh, to them. Yeah. Is this starting? We usually get like one story of somebody trying to smoke like a joint, a blunt, um, some crazy story there. I mean, I guess it's that cold. You know, you might as well just try to think nobody's going to care if I'm lighting a fire around everybody, but who knows? Stay above the influence, Jordy. Stay above the influence. <laughs> you know what? Of, of crazy taglines quickly. I love that the NCAA is doing don't bet on it for this year's tournament. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, what a what a what a crock of shit that is. But anyway, yeah, the Twins. You're right. Telling it people a, too bad, but but the point is that um, can their starting pitching can they hold up? Right, and can they match what their offense is projected to do? Um, that's gonna be the big question to me and and uh, Miguel Sano, third baseman, really good year last year. I'm not sure he. He doesn't sound like he's gonna be ready for opening day. No, I but, don't think he's going to be. Sadly, uh, he as he you know he's young. He's twenty five years old. He's 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 a good player for them. So, uh, but I think they did enough where, like I said, they complimented their young guys. Um, and Nelson Cruz, I feel like is enough of a power hitter and like in Seattle that he could potentially help. Uh, propel this team offensively just that much more. Um, Jordy, real quick, we were talking about – sorry, are you done with the Twins? Uh, I had one last question for you about the Minnesota right, Twins. Ahead. It's just a, a personnel question. Logan Morrison um, had 15 homers last year. Do you think he's going to complain again about the home run derby? <laughs> if you guys don't, don't remember this, uh, when he was raised a couple years ago, yes. he got really pissed off. I think it was Gary Sanchez got into the – into the home run derby over him. Um, and now he is not a starter for the, for the twins. Uh, he hit 15 homers, only 30 ribbies or 39 ribbies, uh, 186. Very impressive batting average. The only, uh, the only, the only thing to be fa- complain. The only thing to be fair to him that year was he was number two or number one in the home runs in the American league at the time. I think he was number two. Right. Um, I think judge had judge had that unreal first half. And Judge was not participating in the in the home run derby, so he would have been the number one. Um, but yeah, right. really, uh, we talked a lot about household names, and we see uh, the the great Morrison name is still not yet amongst all households. But what was your question? Now that we're wrapping up, not question, but comment. So Haley Ramirez, I didn't know this, but he has a because he signed a minor league contract with the. Was that what it was? I couldn't Indian. find him on there. I saw Indians on there. Yeah, he um, sent a minor league contract with the Indians. He has a March 24th opt-out date. Oh. So he, I'm pretty sure he can. Yeah. He could opt he, out and, and go go hit free agency and do what a lot of, like what Kimbrel might do. Try to, try to see if there's a need for another player. Yeah, but, he, I mean, he'd be in the starting lineup for the Indians if, I mean, I assume they keep him, but um, yeah, because I, 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 when you were talking maybe, about him, I pulled him up on on MLB.com, and it said Indians non-roster invite, and it didn't say what type of contract he had. But so I, it'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting. Yeah, I think it's it's they're just trying to get him as many at bats as possible, see what he can do. But yeah, um, um, the last thing on mini though that I want to do before we. Before we rank up our teams, 84 and a half is set of the number for the Twins. Are you going over or under that? 84? Yep. Uh, let's see. Last year they had 78. Yeah, I mean, I'll go 84. That'll, that'll put them in second place. And uh, 84 and 78, is that good enough to make the playoffs? I don't know if it's good enough to make the playoffs. I do agree. I think they win at least 80 games. I'm going to go under 84 and a half, though. Somewhere in that 84 or 80 to 84 range. All right. I'm going to go over. All right. I like it. Um, so we why kind of implied it. Why? What was that? Why, why am I going over? Oh, because, you said. Because fuck you. That's why. 
right, fair enough. All right, so let's rank them up. We kind of implied it, but uh, Greg, what is your order for the AL Central? Uh, in fifth place, I have the Detroit Tigers. I like it. In fourth place, Jordy, I have the Kansas City Royals. Mm-hmm. Matching you place. so far. In third place, I have the Chicago White Sox. Second place, I have the Minnesota Twins. And winning the division, I have the Cleveland Stamlin Indians. Yep. I have the same order as you do. I know we have different wins and whatnot, but uh, similar order for that. But, Greg, let's move on to some segments. Um, do you have a stadium snack to talk about? Honestly, I have not been to a game in forever, forever, ever, forever, ever. Um, I did go Are there to any Celtics. snacks that have been announced that you're excited to try out? I did go to the Celtics recently, and they did not get any food, but I, they have these huge beers uh, that's unbelievable. But, yeah, the Red Sox, um, let's see. They, they did have something coming up. I was just reading this yesterday. Jeez. I got a little sorry, but they're adding some bleacher seats, so that's sort of a a thing. Uh, you know, I'm trying to get as many many seats into the oldest ballpark in in the the world. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know about the world, but yeah, no. Um, I think some soccer teams in Europe have a have Fenway beat. Oh fuck! So- oh, what I love soccer. Um, <laughs> Jordy, well, you to find one. I'll give you mine. Uh, so there's a couple that the White Sox and the White Sox are bringing out. The Tigers are bringing out. Um, quickly, I'll, I'll give an honorable mention to the White Sox. Of they're doing a Polish platter, uh, bringing out a giant kielbasa with some pierogies, some onions on there. Um, interesting, interesting play there. Obviously, Chicago has a very large. Uh, Polish heritage, as you might remember, Abe Froman, the Sausage King of Chicago from Ferris Bueller. Um, so yeah, they're really, um, really leaning into that. So good for you there. The one I want to talk to you about, though, Greg, is called the Coney Dog Egg Roll. Okay, before before you get started and go down this road, I love listening to you just describe food mm-hmm. with that savory voice that you have. Mm-hmm. So. Make sure you do it justice, and you okay. give the people you give the people what they want. So, Greg, which is really, which is really hearing your voice describe food. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Thank you for uh, for instructing me. But so the Coney Dog Egg Roll, Greg. This is at Comerica Park, the home of the Detroit Tigers. This is an this is a fried egg roll filled with a hot dog, chili, and it's drizzled with a nice yellow mustard and diced onions. So, Greg, what we're talking about here, and looking at the picture that's on a, it's on Sports Illustrated, it looks like it's a nice, thick, crunchy egg roll shell. It does not show the cut in the middle, but I can only imagine that the dog and the chili mixing well together in a nice chili dog fashion. Those diced onions on top, drizzling it, a little green onion as well for a little, you know, add a little more crisp, add a little more of that spice flavor. Um, this mustard, it does not look like yellow mustard. It looks almost like a cheesy mustard sauce or a cheese sauce, but I'll take yellow mustard, even a honey mustard, um, to mix in there. But yeah, you know, I think especially what we were talking about with the tigers, one thing to attract you, this might be something to go check out. It's not Seattle Mariners grasshoppers, but I do think this is something worth checking out this year. If you are in the Detroit area. And for those who don't do this already. You have got to, got to have Jordy describe food to you more often. Yeah, send us your stadium snacks, please, on Twitter or on Instagram. Tag us, all that good stuff. Thunder BLG on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. Um, uh, Jordy, right. yeah, the, the the Red Sox don't really, they're not really adding anything special. I mean, just a, you know, just a, a different take on a lobster roll, a lobster BLT, but nothing, cool. nothing uh, to write right home there. about. Jordy, I do have one thing to say. All right. Go bees, go C's. Cuse is out. 
Patriots. Uh, man, at least you, at least Q's made the tournament. Lehigh lost to Bucknell for the third time in the Patriot League tournament. Uh, at least the lacrosse Yikes. team's good this year. Yikes. So, you know, I got that going for me. Uh, just counting the days till next week for opening day uh, for the Phils. But I think that's going to do it for us, Greg. Any other thoughts on the AL Central? Really the, the throwaway division in the American League. Um, yeah, it's sad to say. With all the storylines that are coming out of all the other divisions. And it's it's nothing – I mean, it's, it, I think it's more – it more has to do with the – skill in the other division than it does the lack of skill in this division, if that makes yeah. sense. Because yeah, um, yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah, this division has skill. They have some young prospects, but the problem is the Red Sox are also young. The Astros are young. The Yankees are young. And uh, you could argue um, yeah, their young guys are a lot better than anyone in the American League Central's young guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you said it better than i could have it's going to be an interesting year to watch but you know it's the indians to lose and they'd really have to get some they really have to get banged up for this to become an interesting race and it might turn into the mid-2000s nl west if the indians are that banged up that it becomes a uh, intriguing divisional race but Go that's going to do it for us <laughs> greg thank you as always uh it's, it was a pleasure i'm glad we got this in one more division to go, the NL East, which we are going to be back for next week. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Go like, share, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Like I mentioned, follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, ThunderBlog Sports, and Instagram and Facebook. And for so, my man, Greg the Prophet Piatelli, we will talk to you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Go Bees, and go, go Phil. Go Bees, go Seas.